2: Jeff Schwartz is in Charlotte. I'm Jason Martin. Still remember how to do this and appreciate Clay not changing the locks here in the studio here all week. Clay will be back next week. I'm not even sure what he's doing. I should probably unmute him on Twitter, but my life's better without it. He's he's with his family in Michigan, so his wife's family. Ah, yeah. Okay. At least he's not at the beach again. So Jeff, Jeff, I need to talk to you and ask you if you know. Who Kevin Caton is because you're never going to forget him after we lay out this story
3: Uh, I am unaware but I have seen the story and you may proceed 51 year old Kevin Caton
2: was a finance manager I say was I guess he technically is the finance manager of a car dealership in Illinois Right now, he's been charged with felony identity theft for financial gain and unauthorized use of an entity's identifying information. Charges carry maximum potential sentences of six years each. So what exactly did he do? This sounds pretty bad. This sounds awful. It sounds like uh, Chris Hansen investigation on Dateline from like eight years ago. But according to police in Wisconsin, he impersonated staff at a small town in Wisconsin's restaurant to get the Pac-12 network added to their cable package so he could watch a December Arizona Wildcats basketball game while he was visiting the area for the weekend. (laughs) What? Like, this is a real thing. Like, that is an actual sentence that I read from this article from Awful Announcing, and it's a real sentence that could actually be leveled on this guy six years each with these charges the police began investigating in february after the business manager of buffalo fills noticed a significant increase in the restaurant's cable bill and contacted authorities they obtained 11 phone calls that were recorded by the cable provider in december a man who identified himself as pat barkley i really hope that's some takeoff on matt barkley Asked to add the Pac-12 channel to the restaurant's cable package. Mentioned wanting to watch an Arizona Wildcats basketball game later that week. Officers would then later travel to Illinois to visit his workplace, but he declined to speak with them. They followed up with a co-worker to ask about his demeanor after they left. And when you start to look at all of this and like all of the intricacy that actually was done just the links that this guy went to I figure he doesn't know that you could stream that's mentioned in the article even if you're doing it illegally what you're doing is also illegal my man made 11 phone calls to get a channel added into a restaurant in another state to watch an Arizona basketball game and what was the game it could have been one of a few different ones they couldn't nail down exactly what date it was could have been Arizona State which would make sense because at least that is some kind of a rivalry game. The other choices would have been New Mexico or North Dakota State. I really desperately want this guy to have done this to have watched North Dakota State versus Arizona, but Jeff, I doubt it. Have you ever heard anything this ridiculous in your life? Uh
3: I I would like to make a joke about the Pac-12 networks, but considering I work for the Pac-12. Yes. Network, yes. I, I will stay away. I'm not going to go into the that. carriage
2: issues or anything else. There. Um
3: uh, this is an amazing story. I'll cover at least a segment of ours tonight on my show on Sirius XM radio channel three seventy three from six to nine pm Did oh, you okay. guys see how okay. the
1: Wisconsin police tracked them down?
2: uh
3: yeah, there have been a couple of different
2: ways. I think the best the best the best thing is the fact that they tell you every time you make a phone call like this, calls may be recorded right quality uh, quality assurance purposes
1: in the background he used his real name and then he sells cars for a living they overheard someone purchasing a car in the background and mentioning a a second uh, the name of the place where he worked so yeah if you're gonna um you know try to get away with that you need to put your phone on mute
2: Um, how big a fan do you have to be
3: you can stream it. To online. feel
2: the need <laughs> to have watched this game in a random restaurant bar while you're vacationing in
3: Wisconsin. I work for the Pac-12, like I said. Well, I don't. I work for Sirius, but the Pac-12 Network. I don't have Pac-12 uh, Network at home. I have DirecTV, so I don't even get to watch some of these games. I have to like borrow a friend's password, or they they do like they, for football. They have game, you know, game like um, game recaps and and uh, condensed games on Mondays. So I don't even go to the bar and watch these is, this is yeah, this is a dedicated Arizona Wildcats fan. I'm gonna have to get him on our show. I mean, I feel like this is a, a, a guy that would add some some much needed color to the Arizona Wildcats.
2: Felony identity theft for financial gain and unauthorized use of an entity's identifying information, each charge six years. Can you imagine this guy going to jail for twelve years because he needed to see Arizona, Arizona State? in December, Dude, in a sport on, that we all know is now only 3 weeks
3: long. That's a that's an important game out west. I'm just I have no idea. I'm just saying that. And you're the one that should know it. If any if anybody well, on this
2: a- show should know that, it should be you.
3: <laughs> I mean, it's it's a it's a it's a rivalry game. I mean, I, I wouldn't Oregon Oregon State I try to watch, but I'm not going to a bar to impersonate someone to watch it.
2: A guy that's not overrated is Dan Orlovsky, media superstar. We at least tried to get him early on and we knew it was going to be a meteoric rise and it has been. Dan, first off, congratulations on all the success that you've found recently. Good morning to you.
4: Good morning. Appreciate it, man. Good morning.
2: So we led off this show with Mike Sando's ESPN insider list, uh, where he talks to the fifty people inside the league in varying capacities to get their thoughts on the quarterbacks ranking them one to thirty-two. And there were only four quarterbacks in the first tier, with Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady both tied at one, then Drew Brees and Ben Roethlisberger. Is that the way you would look at it? Do you think Ben Roethlisberger and Drew Brees are still three and four in the league, or do you like a couple of guys maybe outside of that that should maybe also be considered?
4: I think those guys are deserving to be up there. I mean, Putting them there today is somewhat interesting because they are on the the closer – to the back end, I mean, you've got to put Russell Wilson into the conversation, uh, Matthew Stafford, Matt Ryan. Those guys have got to be in the conversation. I mean, Russell has been well-documented. Doesn't He does more than any other quarterback in the NFL for his team. Uh, Rodgers has got to be up there. Trust me, I've, I've played against the guy like 15 times. He's got to be in that, that top tier. Matthew Stafford I, I go to bat for all the time. Matt Ryan's two years removed from being the MVP of the league, so uh, I think there's some other people, you know, some other guys player-wise that would have to somewhat be at least in the discussion for those top four, top five spots, but I think Roethlisberger and Brees belong, absolutely.
2: All right, so you mentioned Stafford, and we talked a good bit about Stafford when we were going through the list. He came in in seventh place according to the uh, Mike Sando list this year. Matthew Stafford – Is he a Hall of Famer? Jeff said he thinks he is. I want to say that maybe he said you had said he was as well. I I don't know just because I know that he hasn't had that kind of postseason success, but I don't know how much of that has been attributable to him because it looks like to me he has been on the cusp of being an elite player if you want to call him or if you want to say he hasn't been elite. He's He's been playing awfully well for a couple of years now.
4: Yeah, so kind of, obviously, it's an incredibly awesome talking point. My my arguments are, is Joe Flacco a Hall of Famer? And is Trent Dilfer a Hall of Famer? And is Sean King a Hall of Famer? I mean, some of those guys have had some postseason success, so to say, at the at the position. But no one's putting them even in the, the, the conversation of going into the Hall of Fame. So, you know, I think Matthew Stafford is on his way. I think he'll probably get there with, if he... Performs the next five years like he has the past five years it's going to be hard to not have him be a part of it especially yes if they get into the playoffs because that's the i guess what everyone wants to say well he's never been to the playoff or never won a playoff game so if if he continues to do the things that he's done the fourth quarter comebacks the mind eye pop mind-boggling eye-popping stats he's gonna he's gonna get in there because he's gonna threaten the The yardage record, you know, over the next five or six years, if he continues to play well, he's going to threaten that yardage record. So um, I I don't get caught up in the playoff wins just as much as everybody else. I I believe that the, the quarterback position is so much more dependent on what's around you rather than what's not. So I think he'll end up getting in.
2: So you mentioned Russell Wilson, and he was in six. Matt Ryan was in five. I just have one quick follow-up. If you had a choice between Matthew Stafford and Matt Ryan, who would you rather have as your quarterback if you had the same weapons?
4: You mean the best friends? Um, you know, <laughs> uh, I would probably say Matthew Stafford, and this is my reason why. Matthew Stafford, strictly because of the the things he can do with his arm. Matthew can make throws that most other quarterbacks don't even think about making. And for that reason and just that special, special talent, I would choose Stafford over Ryan. But, yeah, I'd like to have them both if I could. But I'll, right. I'll, I'll take Stafford.
3: Let's talk some rookie quarterbacks here. I want to want to pick your brain on this story. So Baker Mayfield, Tyrod Taylor, and Drew Stan all get an RV. They park it outside of the facility or in the parking lot. I think this is basically a, a social media thing, like a sign just to show everyone that, that they're cool. Um, I don't really buy that they're hanging out in this RV very often. There's a quarterback room they can hang out in and watch film. And I just think that Baker Mayfield should be, every free second he gets, should be preparing for the season, especially as a rookie. What's your take on this RV situation?
4: Yeah, it's interesting. You know, I know Drew Stanton really well. I played with them. We were both young quarterbacks in the NFL together. And we were kind of, he got drafted my third year in the NFL, early in the second round. And I remember initially going, I'm going to hate this guy. Because I was still trying to prove myself and have the opportunity to start. And Drew was coming. He was a Michigan kid, went to Michigan State, and drafted by the Lions. So uh, I was like, I'm going to hate this guy. We ended up becoming very close friends. And I think Drew is taking all these lessons he's learned throughout his career and trying to implement them. I wouldn't be surprised if this was Drew's idea, realizing how important that quarterback room is. I'm probably leaning towards agreeing with you, Jeff. You know, Baker Mayfield doesn't come off as this, you know, chummy, chummy, hey, let's let's just have fun when I'm trying to take your job and you're standing in my way type of guy. So uh, I think that there's a part of this that is probably coming down from the top from a veteran Player and Drew Stanton, and say, guys, let's all hang out together. And I think Baker Mayfield's being a good soldier about it. And okay, this, I'm just going to go along with this. But at the same time, he's going, yep, I'm going to take your job, and then I'm going to take your job, <laughs> and next year we're going to do it my way. So uh, I, I just think he's being a good soldier for right now.
3: I know it's super early in camp, but we're starting to get reports out of Buffalo with Josh Allen and, and out of Cleveland with with Baker Mayfield, who I, I kind of feel bad that hugh jackson is praising him so much so early because i think that's gonna could end up in disaster eventually um and and lamar jackson sam Darnold not in camp we've heard nothing about josh rosen i think actually arizona is a perfect place for him to kind of just under the radar quietly uh build up his his young season uh but from lamar jackson josh allen and baker mayfield um what are you gathering information from how those guys are performing in camp so far
4: well, let's touch on the Josh Allen thing because I, I, got, I got a lot of flack yesterday uh, on Twitter about this, So, and I read probably the same thing that you with the Bills throughout the day, you know, Josh Allen would get a couple reps with the first yes. team and then a couple reps with the second team and a couple reps with the third team. That This is why it's problematic because I sent out a tweet saying most quarterbacks in the NFL are ruined and they are made. So, quarterbacking is, is 99% what you do between the snap or outside of the snap it's not necessarily how you're performing at the position especially early on Josh Allen's got to get a rhythm he's got to understand what it's like to walk into that first huddle all the time he's got to understand what it's like to take that snap and communicate to everybody in the huddle communicate at the line of scrimmage work with those receivers and so when he gets six plays here and 12 plays here and 18 plays there with a bunch of different guys no one benefits from it the receivers don't benefit from it. The lineman, Jeff, you know what it's like to walk into a huddle. You hear, you don't necessarily look at the quarterback. You want to hear his voice, yeah. and so that voice is a big deal. Those offensive linemen need to. It's it's like a, a almost like a shepherd leading sheep. Like you need to listen to that voice, and I, I want him in there. If they, they didn't draft him to uh, to sit, they they drafted him to be their future, and so. I don't mind if they said, hey, Josh Allen, on Monday you're with the ones all day, and on Tuesday you're with the twos all day, and on Wednesday you're with the threes all day. That's fine. That's development. But to go back and forth all day with them, it may, it, there's no continuity. And I don't care if it's day one of camp or day 27. So I just get concerned with that. Like, what, what's the point? There's no rhythm to it. Um, I haven't heard great things about Lamar Jackson in camp. I, I think he has some wow moments. And then some, okay, he's, he's missing a lot of throw moments. Um, Baker Mayfield, I agree. They're, they're praising him. It's not surprising. Um, you know, he's the first picture. You want all positive vibes going on and throughout your camp. But um, I, the Josh Allen one caught my attention.
3: Yeah, I was I was on the same page with you with Josh Allen. I want to ask you a question about kind of – I'm not sure there's a great answer for this, but we've talked about this – privately and, and a little bit publicly. So you know, you have a guy like a Baker Mayfield transitioning from the air raid offense to a pro offense. And people often wonder why are pro offensive calls so worried. Now, of course, there are systems where you eventually, you know, Jim Bob in Detroit, you, you eventually get to two words for the formation, the play and everything else. But you have to start with a base of kind of the entire play. And people, I think, have a hard time grasping why NFL offenses just can't you 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 can't say 95 and everyone knows what they're doing like why why do you have to install offenses with so many words at a base level
4: well you know it's just like learning the alphabet you'll never be able to read unless you know what every letter sounds like and that's why you teach as a little kid you don't want your little kids just to memorize what a word looks like you want them to understand what the letter sounds like. And it's the same with learning an NFL offense. You want these quarterbacks to completely understand everything that's going on with the play. Why the formation is called, you know, zero outside slot. Okay, so what does that even mean? And then why is the protection two-jet or four-jet or 522? See, what is my protection? Okay, what's the flaw of the protection? You can't just call it, hey, bangle. Well, that means nothing to me. I'm just, I'm memorizing the destination rather than trying to figure out the journey and so that's a big reason is you're giving these players these young quarterbacks tools and part of giving them the tools is these words that go along with these play calls so over time they build this rolodex of information and understanding and then when it's time to go execute they can always go back to those tools but it's just, again, like reading the word. If I don't know what a letter sounds like, I have no idea how to read. And that's why it's important to build it up from the baseline and then let it grow, let let it develop, and then you can refine and refine and refine it. But you don't want to start small and go big because then it's an impossible thing to erase.
2: Dan Orlovsky is our guest on OutKick. You can follow him on Twitter at danorlovsky 7 Dan, I saw some rumblings coming from inside the New York Giants organization that they're a little worried about all the hype that's being placed on Saquon Barkley. When you look at him, and obviously he was kind of the glitzy player in the draft, he was the one that's kind of gotten a lot of attention since the draft, especially outside of the quarterbacks. When you look at what he's done so far and just maybe the pizzazz and the hoopla surrounding him, do you feel bad for him or do you think he's going to
4: be able to live up to this? I think he'll be able to live up to it. Well, you know, I don't feel bad for him. And I think it's justified. It's, I mean, it's justified the, cause when you take a guy that early at a position other than quarterback, does he have physical skills? This guy's off the charts, physical skills. Well, does he have character off the chart character? What's his work ethic like incredible? And so he's got every, you know, checked box that you're looking for when you go, this guy's going to be awesome. And so I don't, I'm, I'm excited for him. I think he's ready to handle it. Um, I think he's going to live up to it. I really do. That offensive line is certainly remade. Odell coming back is huge. Ingram another year. It's going to totally change how defenses can play against them. And if Saquon can uh, be a shell of what they're hoping for, especially early on, because if he can have that impact early on, then, they're gonna, then it gets interesting because – If if they come out in that first month and he has two 120-yard games or something like that, and Odell is playing at a high level with a couple big catches vertically stretching the field, then defenses are really going to have to figure out how they want to play him. You know, something that's getting a little bit lost, and I did some, some looking into this, is Pat Shermer's known to be like this quarterback guru, and rightfully so. But Shermer's been an offensive coordinator role, head coach guy, for nine years in the NFL, only once his his starting back or running back by committee, but starting running back, not had over 1,200 yards. And that was in Cleveland with Trent Richardson. And so, Hmm. I mean, Steven Jackson had 1,400 and 1,200, and then Shady was 1,600 and 1,400. DeMarco Murray and Ryan Matthews were four. I mean, just a lot of these backs have had success under Pat Shermer, and I think that bodes really, really well for Saquon moving forward. I think he's going to be huge for them.
2: What's Andrew Luck going to be, Dan? Like We know he's in camp now, and he's he's saying the right things. They're saying he doesn't look too worse for the wear. Is that one of the biggest questions this entire season, is whether or not Andrew Luck still has all of what Andrew Luck had before the Colts made the mistake and kept trying to put him out there hurt?
4: 100%, because there's no storyline or person in the NFL that's got immediate and long-term impact like Andrew Luck. For the whole NFL and for the Colts, we know what the Colts are organizationally when he's healthy. They're a a playoff team, if not at worst, a fringe playoff team. We know what he is as a player. He's an MVP candidate when he's healthy. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. But he's also the next decade-long starting quarterback for the Colts. And if he gets back to what he used to be, then the Colts are back into the driver's seat when it comes to that position and feeling great coming off of the Peyton era. And if he's not, then then they've got a really, really big problem because everyone knows how hard it is to find a guy. Now, I'm in the, I'm in the, the camp that thinks he's going to be just as good, if not better, because absence makes the heart grow fonder. And he's never had this period of time in his life when he's been away from football like this, when he's had it taken away from him. And you can hear him talk how excited he is, how confident he is, just looking at him, he looks like Captain America. And so uh, I think he's really healthy. And, um, you know, Frank Reich is a huge part of what they're going to do moving forward. And so I expect Luck to pick up. I think it's going to take him a month to really get his feet wet. But I think after that, he'll pick up right where he left off.
3: Last question for me, Dan. And... As we head into this season, I think the trend is going to be teams trying to run more of these run-pass options, these RPOs. I'm not sure it'll be very successful, but do you see that being a, a copycat trend this this year, at least for probably the first four to six weeks of the season?
4: I do. You know, Teams are definitely going to try to run it because you can see the success rate of it. I agree it's not going to be as easy. You know, it's just like any other offense that, that teams run. Oh, we're just going to run the West Coast. Well, if your coaches aren't really adept to um, understanding the West Coast offense and how it works together and pairing things, then you're just throwing stuff at the wall and hope it sticks. It's it's just like any other offensive scheme. So the a coaching staff needs to truly understand RPOs and how they work and why they go together and whatnot. It's not as easy as... The play itself makes it seem, and so there's going to be more teams trying to run it. Now, you need to have the guys to do it, too. It's harder on a quarterback than people think because it's not just as easy as numbers. You know, it, it used to be, and that's part of it, but you need to have a guy really understanding rotation, um, what's the box count like, where the offensive linemen are going, who's my read-off of, what's the defense doing, so you need to have a guy who is constantly able to think about that stuff. Sounds easy, hard to do. And then I think, you know, you better have a tight end or, or guys that can give you information before the snap. Because I've said this, defenses are just going to start playing man-to-man and shutting down the pass concept of the RPO, and your quarterback's going to be in the, the the back of the pocket, you know, not handing the ball off and going, "Uh-oh, nobody's open." So you better have a guy that um, can tell your quarterback if it's man or not before the snap, and then have options for him. So. Teams will try to do it. I don't think it's going to be this crazy it's going to take over the NFL.
2: Dan, you're the best, buddy. Thanks for uh, getting up early with us this morning. God bless. We'll talk to you again soon.
4: I appreciate you guys.
2: Last year, Jeff, I don't know if you remember this, but we were talking about when we were in hosting summer league basketball. We really weren't talking about the games. We were talking about – well, I was talking about how I was – Angry that the broadcasters were wearing, like, polos and not suits. Like, they weren't taking it seriously. Okay. I don't know what I was talking about. No one agreed with me. I don't agree with myself now. I'm asking for a mea culpa because I was an idiot. And the reason I mentioned that, let's just play the clip, and then we'll talk about it afterwards. If you did not hear this, this happened on Saturday. Atlanta Braves TV analyst Joe Simpson, who I have listened to for a long time, as a Braves fan on the Fox Sports South broadcast <laughs> of their game embarrassing. Against the Dodgers. This is embarrassing. To this.
5: You know that I grew up in the Dodger organization yeah. and certainly was taught how to play professional baseball and do things the right way. I want you to look at some things that were going on today in batting practice here with the Dodgers. What do you see? t-shirts you see Chase Utley with no socks and pants up over his knees t shirt. this was prevalent with their whole team and I think about play, uh, fans that come to SunTrust Park who were Dodgers fans and want to see their players they had no idea who any of, any of them were nobody had any kind of uniform or batting practice shirt on with their name on their jersey they looked very unprofessional uh, and I think I can say this because I know what the Dodger organization was all about. There's the butt.
2: It is perfect.
5: But if I were a Dodger fan, I'd be embarrassed. And I don't know how Major League Baseball allows such attire when the gates are open and fans are watching. Uh, Chase Utley, I've had nothing but respect for him his whole career. I think he's a great player and I thought he always played the game the right way. That was an embarrassment, what he had on today during batting practice. Yeah, when you think of all the merchandising the Major League Baseball does with their practice uniforms and the batting practice jerseys, I'm with you. Why
2: not? Well, it's called a uniform for a reason. I mean, listen, <laughs> we're talking about practice, not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice, man, not a game. Not the game that I go out there and die for and play every game like it's my last. Not the game. We're talking about practice, man. I mean, how silly is that? Okay, Joe Simpson lost me on this. Like, this is ridiculous, right? Like, I mean, I know. I'm an Atlanta Braves fan, and Danny, I try my best to hate the Dodgers as much as humanly possible on the radio, mainly because of you. Jeff doesn't like the Dodgers either, obviously, as a Giants fan, but we're talking about practice. What is Joe Simpson talking about here?
3: So a couple things were funny, and, and Danny, you might be able to back this. I think I think I saw the stat that Joe played in like 62 games in four years for the Dodgers. Like it was something like nothing.
1: Yeah. Like, like, he was with the Dodgers for a cup of coffee.
3: Um and and here's the thing. This is this exact two minute audio clip is why baseball has no young has no young viewers. Yep. Yeah, no um, kidding. Like the the problem here is that it doesn't matter. Like and also too, I I don't I haven't been to a ballpark for batting practice in quite a while. But isn't typically is the away does the away team hit with no fans? And like who hits first normally? I forget which way. Like there's also sometimes that they're not even the park's not even open yet when when the visitors are hitting. Um, I don't understand the anger here. It's Chase Utley. I mean, he does not even starting right now. He's like 85 years old. He, I think he can kind of do what he wants. Um, and I just, this is why baseball is where it's at, It is you have old curmudgeons upset about the way guys are dressing. I mean, look, the NFL has rules for this, but they don't have rules for warm-ups. Guys come out shirtless with their training masks on in, in four degree weather. Um, no one says anything about that there, but you know, guy's actually wearing clothes. He pulled up his pants to make him look like Capris and you got an old, old broadcaster being upset about it. If, if the Dodgers don't care, then he shouldn't care. And my last point about this as well is Joe, Dodgers haven't won in 30 years, so maybe they need to do something different. And maybe, and maybe no. not wearing a cl- the proper attire at batting practice is going to help them win a, a championship one year. I hope not, but yeah, maybe.
2: You, yeah, you know what? We're not even just talking about practice. We're talking about batting practice. Like, I just it just boggled my mind. And what was worse, Danny, is that after Chip Carey tried to get back to calling the game. Simpson went back to it <laughs> yeah. like he wasn't even willing to uh, let it go. He st- he was not done. He had not gotten it off his chest yet. Yeah. And Dave Roberts had enough afterwards, too.
1: Uh, he was laughing.
2: Well, I mean, he wasn't
1: laughing, but he said he would take it as a joke because it's got to be a joke, right? You would think that the Dodgers were out there in nothing but jockstraps the way Sim- Simpson was talking. It's just ridiculous. I don't even know why anybody's paying attention to Simpson
2: right now. I know I liked it, just, like, listening to it. It just it, it blew me away. Could you imagine working with somebody like that that's that grouchy? Yeah, you have to wonder, like, if that's a fun workplace environment. Oh, hell if he's, no. If he's, out, if he's up there in the booth and he sees Chase Utley, can you imagine before he went on air? I bet Chip Carey <sighs> knew this was coming, too. Like, they were sitting there, like, you know, having a is? Dr. Pepper or something before they start with a hot dog, and Joe Simpson's probably like, <laughs> look at that unprofessional he, trash right there
3: on the field. <laughs> <laughs> he shouldn't he shouldn't uh carry shouldn't even have teed that up if he knew that was coming well he didn't really tee him up i mean simpson well, was gonna find to be, a way the video had to be ready though i get yeah okay
2: i guess that's true i guess well joe simpson might have been the types like look you're gonna bring this video up i've got seniority here because joe simpson's been doing this for a while oh, oh.